This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. One of the most important things to remember about this show, this show right here, is that we are very different. Most people are going to come out today. They're going to want to talk about the Cowboys in the NFL. Not this show. Famous Toastery Bowl, 2.30 p.m., Old Dominion, Western Kentucky. We're giving you two and a half hours of gambling preview, and then you can listen to us as we bet the first half hour of the show. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fornball. Sound like a plan. I'm in, Coach. Let's go, man. Let's roll them bones. Bet to your hands bleed, baby. I'm in. I uh, I didn't even realize it. I'm sitting here. Uh, I'm getting ready for Monday night. We're prepping the show. Very excited. Lots to get to today. And I was like, are there any bowl games? And I saw a famous toastery bowl starting 30 minutes before this ends. And I Day thought, betting alert. That's exactly what I thought. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what I thought. So, Day um, betting alert. Going to need you to call someone to come in and take over for me by the time that game starts. Because I'm going to be dead air. Or I'm going to be, eh, things go well. We'll see. Well, I can promise you one thing, Coach. Uh, You're going to lose my attention, uh, guaranteed, because that's Ricky Ronnie and the boys from Old Dominion playing the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky. I will be emotionally invested in that game. Game open pick them and moved all the way to Old Dominion, minus six and a half. More on that throughout the course of the show. It is great to have you with us today as we begin with the big story in the National Football League. The Buffalo Bills 31, the Dallas Cowboys 10, as Dallas has now lost its fourth road game of the year. And those four road games, Arizona, San Francisco, Philly, and Buffalo, came by a grand total of minus 70 in point differential. They were outscored by 70 total points. Rex Ryan, ESPN NFL analyst, he actually predicted this leading into the game. Take a listen. They put everything they had into getting back to play those those Eagles. Said, oh, we're going to see you again. And when we do, we're going to beat you. All right? I know all about it. The human side of it gets me in this game. Because everybody assumes you can get up, you know, just like you did last week. You're going to get up for every single game. It's not the same. And I remember putting all our eggs in that basket to play New England. We're like, we're going to play them again. And we're going to beat them. And we did. Then we come out and play in an AFC championship game, and we came out flat. It's the human side of it. You, I don't know why. Okay, I don't know why, but it was too late for us to recover when we finally figured it out. That's something they got to overcome today as well. So here we go. Five straight wins for the Cowboys by an average of 23 points per game. They weren't just winning. They were annihilating the opposition. Then they go to Buffalo. They get beat, and they get beat decisively. And now the narrative starts to swing again. Can't win the big one. Can't win on the road. Can't trust them in the playoffs. I mean, Ian, what are we supposed to do here? You and I, we're not emotional guys. We're not emotional guys. Are we going to be overly impacted by this game yesterday? I'm not overly impacted by it, and I wasn't overly impacted by the win against the Eagles, an Eagles team that were coming off three games in 13 days, four games in less than three weeks. So, I mean, and the Cowboys absolutely beat the snot out of them. But again, at home, they're a different team on the road, Joe. They look different, and the numbers, you know, played out as well. I mean, it's, it's remarkable to actually see how a team can be that different on the road and at home. Think about this, because you can make numbers dance a lot of different ways, but these don't lie. And neither does the eye in the sky, man. Film does not lie either. And the Cowboys look different on the road. They're 7-0 at home this year. They're 3-4 and on the road. They're averaging 40 points per game at Jerry World, 21.7 on the road. They're giving up 15 points per game at, at home, 22 points on the road. Turnover margin, you ready for this one? Go for it. Plus 10 at home, minus 1 
on the road. They are a different team away from AT&T. End of conversation. Carlin versus Joe presented by Progressive Insurance. Dr. Pepper, call in line. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. I mean, everyone's going to have a little bit more of an advantage at home, right? You have the crowd noise. It benefits the defense. You sleep in your own bed. You have your routine. Some teams have a dramatic fall off. This team has a has a wild fall off. Wild. I mean, it starts on the defensive side. We have seen them defensively at home when that front four can feed off that crowd noise and they can fire off the ball a fraction of a second before the offensive line can. They can get after the opposing quarterback. They can make his life miserable. They can win football games. They go out on the road, though. They get exposed. The Dallas game or excuse me, the San Francisco game, they give up 28-plus. The Arizona game, they give up 28-plus. The Philly game, they give up 28. And then this game yesterday, they give up 31. We're not talking about going out on the road, and sometimes it might be an offensive struggle. Sometimes it might be a defensive struggle. Sometimes it might be a coaching issue. We're talking about that defense not having any ability to leave Arlington and get the stops they need to beat good teams. It's it's. It, it baffles me, Joe. And think about this. This is what's really going to get you because I had to check with ESPN stats and info, and I was wrong. There has been only – I didn't think there was a single team in the last 10 years to lose by double digits in December and go on and win a Super Bowl. There's only been one. One. Let, let this sink in. In the last 10 years, there has been one team to go on and win the Lombardi to lose by double digits in either December or January. Again, in the last decade. That was the Philadelphia Eagles in 2017. On December 3rd, they lost to the Seahawks 24-10. They are the only Super Bowl champ to lose by double digits in the month of December or January in a decade. And the Cowboys just got punked to the tune of 21 points at Buffalo. See, that's the thing. Coming the great. By the way, ESPN stats and information. Those people. The, the questions those people have to deal with from people like us <laughs> on a regular basis. It's like, look, I know you're probably busy. Drop everything. I need to know the last six Dante Culpepper starts that happened below 30 degrees in the month of November when he was catching three or more points. And I'm going to need that in about 15 seconds. And, right. And I, I sent that out. Over to ESPN Stats and Info about 10 seconds before we went on air. It took them five and a half minutes. That's it. And that's a very random stat. And the only reason I asked for it is because I had one coordinator in the NFL bring that up to me. Like, look, you don't see teams get punked in the month of December and go on and hoist Lombardi's. You, you, you need to be playing your best football now, not some of your worst. And that's why I sent it over. One team in the last decade to go on and win a Lombardi to lose by double digits in December. That's it. That's that's the entire list. That is great stuff. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fortenball. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. I mean, the reality is, despite the roller coaster up and downs of the season from the start to the Arizona game to the winning streak to the loss yesterday – The reality is we are right back where we started with the Dallas Cowboys. Nothing has changed. It is a really good regular season football team that everyone is concerned as to whether or not they can win in the playoffs. That was the question coming into the year. That was the question midway through the year. That is the question now. There was a five-game winning streak prior to yesterday in which they had won those five games by an average of 23 points per game where we started to think things might be different. Dak was an MVP favorite. Mike McCarthy was getting buzzed for coach of the year. The Eagles looked down. The thought process was maybe, just maybe, they could get past the Niners and they could pull this thing off. And they showed you yesterday that the same team they have always been under Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. Really good, but not great. The thing that would worry me if I'm a Cowboys fan isn't the loss. Ian, it's the fact that they show 
zero resiliency in these games when they get punched in the mouth. They got punched early by San Francisco and they rolled over and died. They got punched early by Buffalo yesterday. They rolled over and died. I think Rex made a great point about them coming out flat, but good God, at some point when you're going to be one of these championship type contenders, when teams are pushing you around a little bit, you got to respond. You don't have to win, but you got to respond. Look, this is a team, and they go back two weeks, right? And I want to give, we're going to give the, the Bills a hell of a lot of credit coming oh, yeah. up bottom half of the hour because James Cook, their running back out of Georgia, was the best player on the field yesterday. He was absolutely sensational. Incredible. So it, it, when it comes to the Cowboys, though, and even, go, even you can throw the Bills in here as well, the difference two weeks make when you're talking about the dash for cash, meaning playoff checks. And that's where we are right now. We were in the middle of the dash, <laughs> dash for cash, for right? Cash. That's an old Bill Polian saying, and he would remind his players about those playoff checks, right? Hey, mama needs a new pair of shoes. You yep. want to buy little Johnny a, a new car? Hey, playoff checks, baby. Those things add up and stack up in a hurry. Two weeks ago, the Bills were done. Now they're like, oh, wait a minute. Can they win the division? Then two weeks ago, it's Dak Prescott for MVP. Mike McCarthy, you know, is he in the hunt for coach of the year? The Cowboys are unbelievable. Now, fast forward two weeks. So you look at this whole thing and you bring up the, the trust factor with the Cowboys. I have not trusted this team since Dez caught it in Green Bay. Yeah. And it's not just a Dak and Mike McCarthy thing. This goes back to Romo and Jason Garrett and all those teams. You haven't been able to trust the Cowboys since 1996. I mean, let's be honest. There's and there's one team, and, and look, I don't care about a road win. I don't care about big wins at home. There is one time of year when the Cowboys are finally going to prove that they have flipped to the other side of the coin, and that's winning in the postseason. That's it. That is the only time that you can be a true believer in this team when they finally pony up when the lights are brightest and the stage grandest. Three and four on the road this season, scoring 21 points per game versus the 39.9 they're averaging at home. Head coach Mike McCarthy after the game on Dallas's struggles on the road this season. I don't think anybody expected to, to play uh, the way we did tonight. Uh, they played well. I don't want to discredit their performance, but yeah, we we, we got to be we got to be much better on the road, regardless of what's in front of us and all the other conversations, because uh, there's too big of a gap between home and away. Too big of a gap indeed. And now on the outside looking in with Philadelphia having a chance to beat Seattle tonight and then face the Giants twice and the Cardinals once to round out the season, the Cowboys are locking themselves into a wild card position, which means no home games in the playoffs. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fornball. Ian mentioned it. We're going to give some credit to the Bills in about 20 minutes. The run they're on right now, dangerous would be one way to describe it. But coming up. There's one NFC team that is absolutely ready for the dash to cash. That's next on ESPN Radio and the SiriusXM Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time 
or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Breaking, breaking news? Little bit, little bit. Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin has announced that Mason Rudolph will take over as the team's starting quarterback against the Bengals. That coming from Mike Tomlin, head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Looks like the Mitchell Trubisky era in Pittsburgh could be over. Alongside Ian Fitzsimmons, I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Be a part of Carlin versus Joe Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the ones fans deserve. And that's what's cool about him. He wants to prove everybody wrong all the time. And he's usually right. To McCaffrey, who pulls his way over the left side and into the end zone. I think everybody knows where we want to be, and we know that each week we're going to get everybody's best shot. His third touchdown of the day. You know, when he does it, it still sort of blows my mind. But at the same time, I'm like, that's Christian. You know, he's done that time and time again. Niners now 11-3, champions of the NFC West, have their sights set on the number one seed. running back Christian McCaffrey now with 20 total touchdowns on the season after San Francisco routes divisional rival Arizona by a final score of 45 to 29 that sets up a monster showdown Christmas night Niners hosting the Baltimore Ravens more on that obviously throughout the course of the show Ian the news is simple McCaffrey's having a big year is quarterback Brock Purdy having a bigger year after everything that shook down yesterday specifically with Dak Prescott losing in Buffalo Brock Purdy is now your odds on favorite to win the MVP award not plus 150 not plus 200 minus 190 that means you're now risking more money than what you would win. Minus 190 means you risk 190 in order to win $100. Christian McCaffrey at 13 to 1. I mean, we talk about value and we we hang on that literal definition. Purdy, your MVP this season? For me, he is, yes. I've been saying that for weeks. You know, even going uh, when Dak had that remarkable game against the Eagles, well, you go back to what you, we just saw yesterday. Dak has now taken a step back, and I had it, you know, going back. Heck, two or three weeks now, man. Brock Purdy won, Dak two, Tyreek Hill three. Well, Dak probably falls now behind. I would put McCaffrey now with, with Tyreek Hill being hurt ahead of Hill, and you have two Niners for me right now going one, two. Brock Purdy right now is only – the only two of Tungabaloa has thrown for more yards. He's not checked down Charlie. A lot of people want to knock this guy for some reason, Joe, and I don't get it. When you watch him play, he's not just checking down and letting Debo Samuel have a bunch of yards after catch or, or Christian McCaffrey as well. He's averaging over just over nine yards per completion. 
His touchdown to INT ratio is as good as anybody in the league right now. And again, only Tua has thrown for more yards than Brock Purdy, and he's completing 70% of his passes. What, what, is, it, is it because he's Mr. Irrelevant? Is that why people want to knock him? I think there's two reasons. One is the fact that we're programmed to believe he's not good because he carries around the label of seventh-round draft pick. If he was, if he was uh, Trey Lance and they had drafted him third overall and this was happening, we'd be going nuts because first-round picks we're programmed to believe are great players. First-round guys are great. Seventh-round guys, most likely not going to do a whole lot in the NFL. So if you see one doing it, well, of course, there must be some other reason because we've been programmed to believe those guys aren't very good. Now, on top of that, compounding the issue for Purdy is that prior to him arriving, Jimmy Garoppolo was running this offense, and we saw this team in a Super Bowl against Kansas City. We saw him in an NFC Championship game against the Rams, a game they could have won. And you can say what you want about Garoppolo, but once you watched him go to the Raiders and absolutely stink it up, people are now latching onto that saying, okay, Garoppolo was only good in San Francisco because of the supporting cast and the coaching, because now we've seen him elsewhere and he's terrible. Therefore, Brock Purdy must be good because of the supporting cast and the coaching because he's a seventh round pick. I'm not agreeing with that. That's just the reasoning why people can't get behind this kid as a legit MVP candidate. I, I look, I, I'm a huge fan and I covered him a little bit at, at Iowa State. And, you know, how many close games did, did they lose? I mean, and it was a oh, pick. It's nothing it's a, but one score games. And it was a pick in the fourth quarter thrown by Brock Purdy at Iowa State that cost them a lot of games. Well, he's cleaned all of that up. The talent has been there. It was some of the, the decision-making that was always a problem for Purdy in college. Well, Kyle Shanahan has taken his game to a whole nother level. And, and, but to not give this guy credit because Jimmy G had some success there, Jimmy G never Porn star Jimmy did not put up these kind of numbers <laughs> and did not look – this offense did not look like this when he was quarterbacking them to a Super Bowl. It just didn't. That's a fact. And everyone who says, well, he's got Debo Samuel and he's got George Kittle and he's got Christian McCaffrey. Well, last time I checked, Troy Aikman had Michael Irvin and Emmitt Smith, right? I mean, and Jay Novacek. But wasn't what, – what round did Troy go in? Oh, yeah. First, first round pick. So we're yeah. led to believe that he's part of the greatness, right? Well, that's Joe Montana went killing. in the third round, right? I mean, and he had Jerry Rice and he had Tom Rathman and he had Roger Craig. We go go on down the list. All great teams have great players, not just a great quarterback. And to, to knock Purdy for what he's doing right now, it's just it's it's football. You're a football fool. Give the guy credit along with that team, because right now there is one team, one that I trust immensely in either the AFC or the NFC, and it's San Francisco. Joe, I had them twice last year uh, for Football Sundays on ESPN Radio. And this is going back to last season, and even it's even more so this year. You watch them behind the bench, and you listen in on some of their conversations. This team doesn't want to beat you, Joe. They want to pummel you. They want to embarrass you and your family. I mean, they play a physical brand of football. There was... It, I think it was the Seattle game I had last year where and just going into the third quarter, Seattle hadn't crossed the 50. And I'm listening to Fred Warner going, they don't cross the 50. I'm like, oh, my gosh. This team is just different. And it starts with the quarterback and the head coach and that defense. And it's a complete football team and the only one I trust right now in the NFL. Impossible to argue because they're the one team where I can't point out the big flaw. Everybody else has a flaw. Everybody. You go to the AFC, you saw it last night. Baltimore wins in Jacksonville. Yeah, Lamar Jackson makes some really questionable plays at times. 
and they don't outweigh the electric plays by any stretch, but you watch it and you think to yourself, at some point, that's going to hurt them. At some point when they need their quarterback to play clean the whole way, he's going to make one or two of those mistakes and it's going to cost them. The Chiefs on offense, the Bills are getting hot, but they've had issues all season. The Dolphins can't do a whole lot without Tyreek. You can find flaws in everybody. Dallas on the road, Philly's turnover problem, Philly's defensive problem. What would you say the flaw is for San Francisco? Is there one? Hell no. I don't think there's Find a glaring it. issue there. All three, man. All three of special yeah. teams, defense, offense. Moody's been a little shaky at times. That I'm okay. just I'm trying. I'm I'm trying. That's, <laughs> I'm trying. that's a hell of a stretch. <laughs> I mean, but there's also a conversation, I think, where you can go when you're talking about MVP of the league, right? You've got best versus valuable. Like CMC, Christian McCaffrey might be the best player on that team. But I think Purdy is the most valuable because you take him out of that offense, it's different. He's playing at that high of a level. And I think you can go to the Heisman Trophy, to the MVP. The, the best player rarely gets that trophy, rarely gets that, that, the highest of high when it comes to the awards in college and pro football. Valuable to me is different than best. Like Orlando Pace should have won a Heisman. Warren Sapp should have won a Heisman. Right? Kung Su should have won, won a Heisman. He was awesome at Nebraska. Trent Williams might be the best player yeah. on San Fran, right? I mean, we can go on down the list of best versus valuable, and that's why CMC's not going to win the MVP. Heck, who was the last? It was Adrian Peterson was the last running back to win it. A wide receiver's never won it, and the last defensive player, you got to go back to 1986 in Lawrence Taylor. It's a quarterback award, and right now Brock Purdy's the best going. So let's ask the quarterback Brock Purdy who do you think should win MVP this season dude I think I think Christian should be MVP I think I I really do believe that you know he does everything for us runs the ball well can catch the ball he does everything and so in my eyes that's an MVP he's got over 1800 total yards and 20 touchdowns and he might not even be the most valuable player on his own offense because of Purdy yet Purdy's got his back in that situation Kyle Juszczyk was also asked recently as to who he thinks the team MVP is going to be. He's the 49er fullback. Here's what he had to say. Honestly, I think it's a quite an easy case. I, I'm pretty sure he's number one in damn near every metric there is. Um, he's got to be the most efficient quarterback in the league right now. Uh, he's just playing at extremely high level. In my opinion, he's the quarterback for the best offense in this league. And, you know, everybody likes to make up every excuse in the book uh, for this guy about why he's successful and, um, you know, he's being carried by this, being carried by that. But at the end of the day, you got to still go out there and do it. you got to go out there and perform. Uh, and and he's done that week in and week out, and he's been consistent the entire season. So, in my opinion, he is the MVP of this league, and uh, I think he deserves that honor. And to be fair, when we had Kyle Juszczyk was on with Amber Wilson and, and my sorry butt last week, we asked about Brock Purdy. We did not ask about Purdy or Christian McCaffrey. It was just on Purdy, and that's when he made the case for his quarterback. Yes or no answer, just yes or no. Sports radio hot take question. If it comes down to Purdy versus McCaffrey, does the loser of that battle hold out of the playoffs and demand a trade? No. Okay. Just, what? Wanted, just wanted to get to the bottom of it. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. <laughs> <laughs> Working on this show, you have to understand questions like that will be asked. That came out of left field. He took it serious too. Like, what are you nuts? He's Ian Fitzsimmons. That's completely drawn off sides, hand out of the dirt. Go ahead, throw the flag. I, I, got have, I do that to Carlin probably two or three times right a week. Now. I cannot believe I just fell for that. Like a fat moron. Not only are the Bills on their way to making the playoffs, but winning the division. Division, shockingly, isn't winning the division is the question. 
The Bills had a hell of a game yesterday, and now it comes down to whether or not they're the most dangerous team in the NFL. That's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. I hate you. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You know, felt like the, the kid that didn't do anything in the class project but got an A. James Cook for an 18-yard touchdown reception. The Cook is in the kitchen. The Bills with a convincing and impressive 31-10 victory over the hottest team in football. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> you familiar with that Leonardo DiCaprio meme from Django Unchained? The, you had my interest, but now you have my attention? That's the Buffalo Bills right now. After absolutely throttling the Dallas Cowboys 31 to 10 yesterday, Buffalo puts themselves in a very interesting situation moving forward. Currently two wins behind the Miami Dolphins, two wins behind the Miami Dolphins, eight and six to Miami's 10 and four. But the Bills next two games are against the Chargers. Not a whole lot to get excited about there. And New England. Win those two games and you would have 10. Miami's next two games are against Dallas and Baltimore. If they lose one of those games, they go into the finale at 11-5. and five. Buffalo would go into the finale at 10-6. and six. They would be playing each other. And if Buffalo would win that game, they would win the division. Alongside Ian Fitzsimmons, I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe Carlin versus Joe, excuse me, presented by Progressive Insurance. We're here on ESPN Radio. All right, Ian Fitzsimmons. I mean, generally, we heap the praise or the blame on the quarterback position coming off a win like that, but Josh Allen is not the reason that team won that game yesterday. No, best player on the field was James Cook running back out of Georgia, and he's a second-leading rusher right now in the NFL behind only CMC by a large margin. Uh, But Cook has had quietly a hell of a year. He's going to go over 1,000 yards rushing probably this weekend. And what do you go for, over 220 total? 221 from scrimmage on only 27 touches. Come on, man. He averaged over seven yards a tote. That is, that's that's just looking at your opponent going, we're going to line up right here. It's almost as if the Bills went, hey, Dallas, we're coming right here. You remember Jacob Hester, yeah. former running back at LSU, LSU, against the Florida Gators? This actually happened against Brandon Spikes, who played a long time in the NFL. That's fourth and in, in one on about the minus 40. So LSU's 40-yard line. Hester, when they went on to win the national championship, playing the mighty Gators in Death Valley, looks at Brandon Spikes on fourth and one and goes, I'm coming right here. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting the ball, and I'm coming right here. Stop me if you can, because Spikes was talking noise the entire game. Guess what happened? He went right there, ran his ass over, first down, end of the game, LSU went on to win and win the national championship. That's what it felt like with the Bills, right, with James Cook and the offense, where Josh Allen throws it, what, 15 times for like 94 yards? That's it? 
They just handed it to James Cook and went, we're coming right here. Stop it. And they couldn't. Josh Allen, after the game, was asked about James Cook and everything that took place with the offense. Take a listen. I don't think I threw the ball that many times, which, again, I don't just get it done. Let's just find a way to win. And, you know, felt like the, the kid that didn't do anything in the class project but got an A. Um, but, again, like, I'll do this 10 times out of 10 times, man. Like, just keep going. Cook recorded career highs in touches, scrimmage yards, and rushing yards on Sunday. Bills interim head coach Joe Brady. Man, have things changed in Buffalo since that loss to the Denver Broncos in primetime. They relieved offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey of his duties after that game. Since then, they've hung 32 against the Jets. They hung 34 against the Eagles in a loss, 20 against the Chiefs in a win, and then 31 yesterday against what was supposed to be a pretty good Cowboys defense. So now the attention turns to the division. I think a lot of people feel the Bills are going to find their way into the playoffs. That remains to be seen. But the next two weeks, it's the Chargers and the Patriots. Meanwhile, Miami finds themselves playing Dallas and Baltimore. Mm. If Buffalo is one game back, meaning they go 2-0 and over the next two and Miami loses one, they go into week 18 against each other, and a Buffalo win would give them even records, but Buffalo would have the tiebreaker. Who would you be betting right now to win this thing, divisionally? I'd still lean Miami because yep. it's in Miami. The, the, the Bills going down to Miami is like Alabama going to Jordan-Hare. Crazy things happen, right? I mean, just, just like, you know, kick sixes and whatnot. I mean, it's just strange things happen and the bills are open about it. I mean, they, they've accused the dolphins of piping in crowd noise. They've accused them. <laughs> I mean, they, they complain and they argue about how much the dolphins cheat whenever Buffalo goes down. Ask Christine Lisi, our resident bills fan, right? I mean, she will be the first to tell you they're cheaters. They do I mean whatever they're doing down there. We can never win. There's some serious hoodoo voodoo when it comes to bills and dolphins in Miami near South beach. I don't know if they're going out. I don't know what's happening. Happening. I have no earthly idea, but they don't have traditionally a hell of a lot of success down in Miami. Last game of the season, if the division is on the line, I would lean Miami. And I would think they would probably be, what, a two, two and a half point favorite? Yeah, if Buffalo comes in undefeated at that point, you're going to have the narrative around the Bills is going to continue to build. It's already started the last few weeks. Is this going to be the most dangerous team in the playoffs? Is this the one team nobody's going to want to play in the playoffs? You go out and you beat the Chargers next week, and then you beat the Patriots. You're going to be on quite a little run here. That would essentially be, what, three, four, five? That'd be five wins in their last six games. And it'd be the proverbial getting hot at the right time, right? And if there's a year to do that, even if you're not a divisional winner, if you're a wild card team, this is the year. Because do you have a lot of confidence in the top of the AFC at the current moment? No. I don't. Like in years past, going to Arrowhead to beat the Chiefs in the AFC championship game, good luck. Having to go to Cincinnati or a place like Buffalo when they were better, good luck. Those were teams that were just clearly head and shoulders above. The, the top of the heap in the AFC does not feel as daunting as it did in the past. No, and you mentioned Mahomes and the Chiefs there. They, they don't look the same. I mean, how much faith do you have in them right now? Little. You know, Very even, little. And you know, they've, set, they've raised the bar so high. I mean, think about this. I know we'll get into this more in depth later on, but the Kansas City Chiefs went on the road in the NFL, got a double-digit win, and we're like, eh. Because <laughs> it just didn't look right. It didn't look the same. It wasn't as crisp. But Miami at 10-4, and four, 
at their place. Buffalo has to go down. I hope it comes down to that. That would be absolutely sensational. New Year, uh, Christmas Eve, you know, 425, the late window kick. I mean, we're, you're getting ready. You're preparing Christmas Eve dinner. You got the family oh, around. Yeah. Let's get it, man. Please, can we have the AFC East on the line week 17 down in South Beach? That would be absolutely tremendous. Bills fans travel, too. They like oh, to go baby. down there that time of year. You think? Yeah. <laughs> if, it's, if it's not exactly tropical in western New York, late December, early January. Carlin versus Joe is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. And then there's the team that has the best record in the AFC but still does things that you don't trust. That is after I have this from O'Reilly. Have a car problem but don't know where to go? Maybe you're miles away from home when your car breaks down. Let O'Reilly Auto Parts help. With O'Reilly Auto Parts Shop Referral Program, take the guesswork out of finding a great shop wherever you are. Call an O'Reilly location near you or visit O'ReillyAuto.com and click Find a Repair Shop to find a reputable service center nearby to get you back on the road. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Wants to throw, lops to the end zone, looking for his man. He's got him, Isaiah Likely. Touchdown, Ravens. Lamar from under center. The give us the bus. Edwards straight ahead, and he walks in. Touchdown, Ravens. The Ravens will beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. They improve to 11-3, and and they clinch a trip to the postseason. I believe he's the best quarterback in the National Football League. I've said it many times before, and he continues to prove it. He proves me right. He doesn't get started. That's a tight spot for the Ravens on Sunday Night Football. The week before, they're in overtime in a dogfight against the Los Angeles Rams. They find a way to survive. After that game, they go to Jacksonville on a Sunday night one week before they're going to go to San Francisco to take on perhaps the best team in the league on Christmas night. So wedged in between, you have this Jaguar game. Could be a little flat. You could come out a little... Slower than usual, perhaps, given what just happened the week before against the Rams. And now, Ian, 23-7. to That's supposed to be a good Jaguars team. And Baltimore goes in and just drops the hammer. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Lamar Jackson last night, 14 of 24, 171 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Also carried the ball 12 times for 97 yards and a touchdown. When he's on, we know they're one of the most dangerous teams in the NFL. Man, Joe, I'm so glad you framed this game in the manner that you did because this could have been a trap game. Yeah. Easily. And that's a, that's a, that's a pretty good Jacksonville team. I'm not going to say great. I'm not going to say bad. They're, they're a very good NFL squad right now. But, man – to go in there and be as physical as they were and to come away with a double-digit win on the road is beyond impressive when you consider who they just played, the way they did it, right? Going to overtime against the Rams and needed a block in the back that wasn't called an OT on a punt return yep. that gets housed to be able to win it. And then what they have on the horizon, I could not, I would love to disagree with you, but I could not agree with you more as to how impressive this win was. Kyle Hamilton, Roquan Smith, Humphrey Queen, that defense, man, they're stalking guys they right now. Oh, they fly to the football. They fly to the football. And when they arrive, brother, yeah. they arrive with bad intentions. So I, I could not agree more. I mean, that was a complete 
team win and extraordinarily impressive considering who they just played and when the way they had to win it and who they have on the horizon. Here's head coach John Harbaugh on Lamar Jackson's performance after the game. Could give Lamar Lamar Jackson our game ball every single game. You know, he wouldn't take him. You know, he's, he, he wouldn't know everywhere to put him in his house, you know. <laughs> Too many game balls, but that's the way he plays. You know, that's, that's, that's uh, just... I think I've said it before. I believe he's the best quarterback in the National Football League. I've said it many times before, and he continues to prove it. He proves me right. If not now, when? That question applies for two teams in the NFL. Kyle Shanahan and the Niners and Lamar Jackson's Baltimore Ravens. If not now, when? We can discuss that with the Niners later, but in regards to Baltimore, what do you need for the playoff run? What else needs to happen for you to finally take that next step in your maturation and get this team to at least the AFC championship game? I'm not sitting here saying it's Super Bowl or bust for the Ravens or that it's a disappointment if they don't reach the Super Bowl. They've got to be in the AFC championship game at a minimum. Your quarterback is paid. He's not a rookie. He's not in his second year. He's got the contract. He's one and three in the playoffs. You've had years where... Understandable. Philip Rivers and those great Charger teams had to battle Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlisberger. I get it. Lamar Jackson's had to worry about all that stuff, but Mahomes and the Chiefs offense, they're down. The AFC South has a bunch of good teams, but not great teams in Houston and Indy and Jacksonville. Cincinnati lost Burrow. Pittsburgh's fallen apart. The Browns are pretty solid, but they've got Joe Flacco at quarterback. Who knows how long that'll last? And on the road, that defense has had some issues. Buffalo's finding their way back. Miami doesn't look as great in the big games against big opponents. Ian, if not now, when for the Baltimore Ravens to make a run? They got the top defense in the league. It's got to be now because you win also in the offseason. And I can't tell you how loudly Chris Canty, when we were doing the when we were on the NFL draft, right? And when the Baltimore Ravens came on the clock, he goes, if they don't take Zay Flowers, I'm leaving. I'm leaving the set. I'm going home. Take Zay Flowers. This is the guy Lamar Jackson needs. And what they do? They took Zay Flowers. And he is, I mean, he is electric. You also went and got him some help with Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, and as banged up as they've been in the running game, Mitchell was at what he averaged yesterday? Eight, nine yards a tote? Uh, he Gus was Edwards. 8.1. Nice yeah. call. 8.1. Gus Edwards ground out around 60 yards on the ground on, what, 15, 16 carries? Yeah. I mean, that was a hard-nosed, blue-collar, typical Baltimore Ravens bludgeoning-you-type win, and it was impressive. And to answer your question, it is right now because Lamar Jackson has gotten help on the outside. He does have playmakers. And that defense, as I mentioned, they're hunting dudes sideline to sideline. So to answer your question, uh, it, it is. It's right now, especially when you look at how many backups are also in the playoffs. Gardner Minshew has the Colts in the playoffs right now. It's not Joe Burrow, as you mentioned. It's Jake Browning. I mean, it's it's not Deshaun Watson. It's Joe Flacco off the couch. To answer your question, yeah, it is right now, especially when the Chiefs don't look as crisp as, we, as we're used to seeing them. You are not going to get a better setup than this. If you're Baltimore, it's not going to come together better. Last year, it was all about, well, we have all the injuries. There's always been an issue, and that's fine. When you're going up against a guy like Mahomes and the Chiefs when they're at their best, that's going to be problematic. It's going against Brady and the Patriots, but that's not the case this year. You've got the top defense in the league. You've got great coaching. You've got plenty of weapons. You've got a new OC. You've got your contract, and the AFC is weak compared to years past. 
This is the year that the Ravens have to get it done. They have to, at the very least, get to the AFC Championship game. I'd go so far as to say this is the year they've got to win it. Now, on the other side of that game last night, what am I supposed to make of this Jaguars team? They've now lost three straight games. They're eight and six on the season. It's year three of Trevor Lawrence, year two of Trevor Lawrence with Doug Peterson. We thought this team could be one of those sleeper-type teams coming into the season, but there you are on national television hosting a big game. No one's saying go out and win. No one's saying go out and dominate, but they get their face kicked in, Ian. They really did. I mean, time of possession, what was it? I think uh, Baltimore ended up with the ball for about, what, 10 more minutes? That's a Baltimore special right there. 34-19 to 25-41. Wow. I mean, again, it goes back to a blue-collar bludgeoning that Baltimore gave Jacksonville. and They couldn't get the running game going. ETN wasn't on. Tank Bigsby, I mean, they only had, what, one carry, maybe two. That's it. The rookie running back who's a battering ram out of Auburn. And Trevor Lawrence gets banged up again. It was the ankle. Now he's in concussion protocol. C.J. Beathard may be getting a start for them uh, this week, depending on how the week goes for Trevor Lawrence. Right now, I mean, you know, and again, it is Jacksonville, right? So Jack, playoff team last year, Jags fans are looking going, 8-6? and six? All right, I'll take 8-6 and six right now. But the way that game laid out yesterday, that's the concern for Jacksonville because they just got absolutely chicken kicked physically. They got run over. Two field goals missed early in the game. They were long field goals, but you still missed two early in the game. At the end of the half, they're driving down the field. They get inside the 10. They've got no points at this point in the game. They've got no timeouts. Lawrence throws this pass out into the flat. Tackles made inbounds. Clock expires. Jags come away with nothing. There was another sequence where Trevor Lawrence was leading them down the field. He had a great scramble. He's setting them up for points. He just inexplicably drops the ball, fumbles. Ravens grab it and start going the other way. Tim Hasselbeck, ESPN NFL analyst had this to say about Lawrence and the turnover issues. I think I'm starting with Trevor Lawrence and look, he is supremely talented and he, uh, you know, I still believe has a really, really bright future and all of that, but you can't turn the football over the way that he turns the football over. And some of it is obviously inexplainable, but you know, we oftentimes will just like when we talk about quarterbacks, we immediately just look at the interceptions, but you had the, the numbers in the highlights you know, 19 fumbles, I think it was and since 2021. Yep. Like a lot of times fumbles are worse than interceptions. The heat isn't going to start on Lawrence until next season. That'll be year four, year three under Peterson. If people are going to start giving him a little Agreed. bit of the Justin Herbert treatment, the pressure that that's deserved, that might start next year. But I got to say, when you've got Kansas City coming to your house in week two and beating you, Houston coming to your house in week three and beating you by 20, the Niners came to your house and smoked you this year. The Cincinnati Bengals came to your house with Browning a few weeks ago and beat you 34-31. And then the Ravens come into your house and hammer you. You're not ready for prime time. No, I mean, and look, it felt like they didn't have a third down conversion the entire day. I mean, it, it felt like every time they got to third down, it was like, all right, bring in the punt team. Let's go. And would they have two third down conversions? I think. I think they were two for 13. I'm going off the top of my head there, Joe. But You've been it, pretty accurate so it, far it, with it you was, off the top of the head. So third down it, conversions, it, three of 13. Three of 13. There you go. We, we, we'll give them one more. I mean, it's, <laughs> you can't do that at home, man. You, you just cannot do that. You have to be able to win on first down to convert on third down, and they just couldn't do it. Baltimore came away with a big win. 
Lawrence is eligible for a contract extension this offseason. The Jaguars will need to make the decision on his fifth-year option, which obviously they're going to pick up. But at some point, we're going to start looking at him, and we're going to start looking at these big games, and we're going to start expecting big game results. Still young, still building up the team, but that's something to keep in mind. Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys, after what happened yesterday, is it the beginning of the end? It looked good. Now it doesn't. We'll talk about that next. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.